0: It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs. The Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life. And welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Actison, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories. I know you're going to relate to and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Zero Wasted Days. I am just honored and this is a very kind of super special episode. I think I say I'm super excited every single week, but this is a super special episode because I have Kate Northrup here with me in the studio for Zero Wasted Days. And Kate has formed such a a pillar and a foundational part of my redefining who I am, what I wanted to do and contribute with the world, the impact I wanted to make, the work I was doing with women, all of you that are listening. And I think I found Kate's Dulette's book somewhere four or five years ago, and it has just become foundational to every single program that I have created. But first and foremost, it's become very integral to the way that I live my life and having a blank slate to recreate everything, as a lot of who are listening here, it was just an opportunity to learn from somebody who has decided to go against the grain and by going against the grain, she's really found a way to be able to go with the grain with cyclical living and doing less. And I'm just so honored to have you here, Kate. And thank you very much for taking the time.
1: Thanks for having me. And I really love what you just said about going against the grain to go with the grain. That was really good. I'm That's
0: good. But I always <laughs> think when I talk about cyclical living and I talk about cycle thinking and tracking your energy, I always talk about going, you know, in flow and with, as opposed to going against the grain. And then I came out with this, you've gone against the grain and you have, you came out with something that was very post-patriarchal and different to what anyone else was saying and doing and brave and courageous to put that stake in the ground and, for me, it was going against the grain and it, hopefully you're starting to see, we are all starting to see the tides turn a
1: little bit. hundred percent. My girlfriend was just reading women's health magazine, which is like super mainstream. And she mm. was like, oh my God, you were so ahead of your time. There's an article on cycle sinking mm. in there this month. And I'm like, I mean, I got that from my mom. She came out with a book that talked about it in 1994. So it is cool to see how maybe those conversations have been initiated in a variety of circles early. Mm. But I love seeing how much more mainstream it is because it needs to be. Our cycles, our bodies as women are the source of all Mm. human life. Like this, these cycles are responsible for every human life and animal lives too, in their own way. Yes. My aunt raises horses and all these animals. So I was asking her all about cat the animal, animal world. And <laughs> like so, anyway, that's neither here nor there, but yeah. So I, I love it. And some people get all twirled out of, oh, I was the first, whatever. I'm like, no, nobody invented this. No. This is the goddess's work and yes. we need everybody talking about it. So we the, the merrier. Let's get yes. the word out. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think also in watching your journey and I'm very much an an optimizer and an analytical person. So I'm always looking from like the behind the scenes kind of business. What is she doing? Where is she going with this? And I'm always watching. Please tell me because
1: I never know. (laughs)
0: I'm always just so interested to see what's the next step and how the journey is unfolding. And I saw, and I didn't see this on your website before, but I love to go and trawl through before I do these episodes, go look and try to find some nuggets on people's websites. And because I think there's a lot of truth. Like we spend a lot of time on our websites, condensing copy and like, how would I really want to find some six words and say everything that I do in those in that one heading? And I didn't know this was on there, but it said you, you have on the front of your head, your website whether or not you remember that this is on there or not. It says oh, make a life, not just a living.
1: Yeah, and that's and been a tagline since 2011. So
0: good. And what does it mean to you then? What does that really mean? And maybe you could take a step back as well and tell a little bit about about your story. Like, Hopefully, most people know who you are here, but if not, I want I kind of probably want
1: the, like, not. I'm only well known knows, in a very like, tiny corner of the internet. So yeah. So make a life, not just a living is really about very similar to your philosophy life Mm. first, right? Why are we doing our work if not to support a life well-lived and like, certainly I am here to make an impact. And certainly there Mm -hmm. are times when Making that impact comes before other things in my life, just because like when you're up against a book deadline or yeah, whatever, sometimes you're in a launch, like sometimes you got to stay a little late at the office. But yeah. in general, what I know is that when I am on my deathbed yeah. in those final moments, I am not mm. going to be thinking to myself like, man, I wish I was better known. I yeah. wish more people had bought my book. Mm. I wish I had gotten more done. For sure, I'm not going to think those things. And we know no. that. There's been some beautiful work, such as Bronnie Ware's book, The Five Biggest Regrets of the Dying, or yes. it, that's not exactly the title. Yeah. But as she talked about, though, the five biggest regrets are. Yes. I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm-hmm. I wish I had spent more time with the people I love. Yeah. I wish I hadn't worked so much. I wish that I had. What was the other one? I don't know. Anyway, but those top three. Those are the ones that. Those are the ones that something I Relationships. Remember. So something about relationships. Yeah, or... spent more time with the people I love. Oh but yeah, maybe also so share more I, how I feel. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but anyway. Generally speaking, yeah. I want to live that way. I've always known this, so I was hooking it into my story. The other day I was taking a walk with my mom. She was visiting me here in Miami and I was telling her this story, which is going to hook back to the (laughs) older story. So she, I was telling her this story. I was like, yeah, mom. And you might've heard me tell this story before, Suzanne, because it's, it was the, it was part of the birth of relaxed money. Okay. And Mike and I were just in a real time of contraction. So Mike is my husband and also my business partner. And we were on a call with our therapist and I was just in this like very well-worn loop around mm. feeling pressure around money and providing for my family. as like the face of our brand. I just was in this loop of, I don't ever get to take a break. Mm. You can go down and you can drop out of life, but I don't get to drop out Mm. of life and on this loop. So our therapist said to me, okay, Kate, imagine that somebody has just Mike's just come home. And he said, okay, babe, I just have $10 million. Like I just, we have $10 Mm. million just in cash. So that's what's happening right now. And David said, How how would you feel? Imagine how you'd feel. I closed my eyes and I checked inside. And I was like, Oh, God, this is painful to say out loud. I said, I'm really surprised by my answer. And my answer is, I would feel dead inside. And I realized that I had been using stress and pressure mm-hmm. as a stimulant mm-hmm. to make yeah. me feel alive. And I told that story to my mom. And she was so funny. She goes, "You certainly chose the right parents, for that matter." (laughs) Because I grew up in a strong doers, yeah, with these with parents who are both physicians, incredibly Mm. high achievers, checked all the boxes that you're supposed Mm. to check in terms Mm. of. The grades, the Ivy League schools, the New England education, the private practice in medicine Then my mom went on to write all these New York Times bestsellers. And so the environment I was raised in, though my parents were at my ballet recitals and my Mm. soccer games and like whatever, there was a general temperature or a general environment of constant stress and pressure that was tied to career achievement. Mm. Mm. And therefore somehow also tied to money. And so I made a decision very early on when I was like, I don't know, 16 or 17. I just said, I want to run my own business. Mm. That's a freedom oriented business so that I can be with my kids so that I can just spend time with my kids and, and like really be with them yes, and not have to work if I don't need to. Or if I yeah. don't want to, not have yeah. to work if I don't yeah. want to, yeah. and so make a life, not just a living. It really came from that. I think all of us, on some level, are trying to heal our parents. Here
0: we are. There's so much healing to to be had, even in largely on like traditionally untraumatic upbringings. There's always so much stuff we're unpacking, and we could get into the nervous system stuff in a second. But I think it's so important, also, just to make that link between. If everything in your family, and I talk about it similarly, very, very different upbringing, that achievement was so linked to success that we derive our self-worth from it. Really at the end of the day, like we feel good. We feel, we feel worthy of love when you come home from that basketball game and you've scored the high score and a
1: plus or or whatever the thing is. I, I remember coming home with an a minus one time and (laughs) my parents said what what happened oh gosh why the minus and it's oh yeah (laughs) what are we doing yeah so this work literally what are we doing
0: yeah and so this work clearly has a big factor in the legacy that you want to leave your girls
1: for sure yeah yeah, I have a five-year-old, I have a seven-year-old, I recreated. They're exactly the same age difference as me and my sister. Mm-hmm. So I inadvertently just recreated my family. And, Which you know, we often do. It, it, yeah. Common. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah, I look at them and I just want them to be themselves. Whatever that is. I was just having a thought today and I was voice memoing back and forth with a former client who's now become a friend and I was just talking about how I heard this great quote the other day, which is we are, I don't remember who said it, so Mm. sorry. (laughs) No, but it is. (laughs) We are not a drop in the ocean. We are the ocean in a drop. Like we are each Mm. God, this Mm. like little sliver of God. Mm. And we are meant to be this one expression Mm. of the divine. Mm. And if we are not living out our authentic truth, our integrity, like who we actually are, mm. there's like a piece of God missing then, yeah, from the yeah. planet. And so I think about that with my kids and I just want them to be them because that's who they were here to be. And that may not be academic achievement and it may not be yeah. accumulating financial material wealth. Like that Mm. might not be their thing. So I just want to support what their thing is and they're little, so it's unclear. So I just support what they seem to be into in the moment.
0: And I do love now, it seems to be more nowadays that there's more acceptance that even the job that they might get doesn't even exist right now. So whereas we kind of roomed into various avenues,
1: the jobs that they may
0: end up in now, are just we don't we haven't a clue because it's moving that fast.
1: a hundred percent. Yeah,
0: and I do love how you bridge the kind of world of spirituality and science just impeccably. Mm-hmm. And would love to know what you're clearly that's not just one day you woke up and it was you were dropped into the woo and or you obviously grew up in a household with doctors. What's that journey been like mm-hmm. at, to becoming this kind of real intersectional being?
1: intersectional being. <laughs> well, I am, I love learning stuff. I am just always, I left my girlfriend a voice memo today. I'm such a nerd. And I was like, I just, I'm listening to this podcast. And I just started this new book last night and I'm so excited to go for a walk with you and discuss <laughs> all the ideas. And I'm <laughs> so grateful to be alive at a time where I have access to so many deep thinkers, Mm. that I can read their work and listen to their work and then sit around and talk about it with other interesting people
0: and digest
1: and discuss and take my own notes and then integrate it and share it in my own curated way. And so I think I've just like always been like that. I will Mm. be honest. Mm. I did grow up. The data shows us that in terms of academic achievement, the greatest indicator of a child's success in that area, and we could debate if that area is important or not, is actually just the number of books in their home. And now I, I think that shelf. is correlational, not causational. If you're living in a household that's not readers, that's not engaged in education, like setting up a bookshelf in that home is not going to <laughs> <laughs> It's yes. not the books. <laughs> The books are the results of the kind of household. So just really engaging with the world. And I think that curiosity Mm. is to me, like following the thread of curiosity is life force for me. Mm. And actually it's really helped me replace that using pressure and stress as stimulus to feel alive instead, it's really been transitioning to using the spark of curiosity and inspiration mm. as my fuel yeah. as my stimulant and that's way more fun and sustainable and better for my health so I did but I also I will just want to give credit where credit is due i I grew up witnessing the creation of the of my mom's body of yeah. work, and she she's like The one of the main people who put the mind body connection on the map and was such a pioneer. And so I was just in that and my mom still to this day, when you go to her house, it's hysterical. Every surface has books that are open to a page with like random notes stuck in and she has these notebooks around that'll have three words written down and it doesn't really make any sense to anybody else but it's a bit of a nutty professor vibe and so I guess that was the vibe and my dad is my dad is like a hardcore learner he's just always reading and researching and so I think I just grew up with that it was just normal
0: that's a curious mind, right? When you think about a curious mind, I have yeah. that many books at my bedside, and Always. I think how many new journals do we have? And we start a program, and I have oh. four of them on my desk right now. <laughs> I might trump. I think I'm going to trump that. I think there's a few more on mine. I think you you advocate for a lot of things, but you know your roots and it is sitting behind me there behind on the bookshelf. Your roots are strongly planted in teaching women to do less, which is the name of your. Not your first book, second book, isn't it? Because yeah. my love story was the first one. But why do you think this work is so important? And can you say what is next for your do less movement?
1: Yeah, imparting the importance of doing less for women, I think, because we were in most of us have been inculturated to believe that our purpose is to be of service. And while I think on a spiritual level, our purpose is actually to be of service. So it's like a both and, Yeah. But in what way? I believe my career and my raising my kids and whatever, like being a like that is about me being my most expressed version of myself, which ultimately is of service to the collective, but not in service. Like it's my job to, hand make every meal from scratch. If I don't like to do that, which I don't and make sure that all the, all of my friends have their emotional needs met. But when I don't make sure that all the laundry is done perfectly, Mm -hmm. all the this, that like I've listened to my sister complain about that, that I've cared for my parents' emotional needs. That's how we've been raised as women Mm -hmm. that our job is to meet everyone else's needs. So I think there's a difference between being of service on a, more macro yeah. level, and then yeah. making it our business to meet everybody's needs. Mm. And that's where we get our sense of satisfaction from. Yeah. So just because culture has told us that does not mean it's true. And what you end up with is a lot of women who are overwhelmed, anxious, mm. depressed, and feel empty inside from a culture that has told us that our purpose is to meet other people's needs and yeah. to be selfless. And yeah. then why do you think we lose ourselves? We lose ourselves because we've been taught that the highest virtue as a woman is to be selfless. Interestingly enough, I just learned last night that the root word of the word virtue is mm. vir, V-I-R, which means man. So ah. as a woman, i <laughs> <laughs> like, as a woman, Just when we look at the etymology, it's just Mm. so fascinating to see how patriarchy has brainwashed us to believe that we have to prove something through doing. And Mm. then we had, we had, had of course, multiple feminist movements, but the one that happened in the 80s (laughs) sent like our mom's. To work, possibly, certainly my mom. And at the time, what was required, because it was still very much seen that women were taking the place of a man in that Mm. job, they had to not only be really good at their job, but also do it better than Mm. a man could do and also be a better man than they could. And Mm. so we've ended up with a situation which spawned the whole fair play movement. No, it's not called fair play. Um, um, what's that documentary in the book? Maybe it is called um, like no it,
0: it, yeah, oh, I can't put my finger on it.
1: Maybe it is anyway, it's a book, it's a documentary, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where there's a whole movement around reallocation of the householding responsibilities because of the profound invisible labor that women have been doing because it's been assumed mm. that that's the role, and so the whole like. Do less has like vast political implications as well as personal and health implications and Mm. all the things, right? And so it's important for women to do less so that we can have more energy and time for the things that really matter. And that is going to be individual. But when we identify that for ourselves, when we focus in on what really matters, we can know for sure that when Mm. it really sparks something in us, that's because we are following our divine instructions and we are yeah. making the mark that we're meant to make, which may be making heart-shaped peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. <laughs> and it may include other okay. things as well. Yeah. Exactly. Like that might, yeah. So anyway, yeah. It could be a lot of things.
0: Yes. And has the evolution of your own curiosity and learning and knowledge and the evolution of this do less movement for you, as it has also morphed into how you run your business. So you clearly have a business strategy and I can see, and I I can see, I'm almost answering your question for you. I can see that you've, over the last five or six years, like really merged energetic practices because they've become ever more present for you and important for you. And I can see that the strategy is so strongly fused with, the energetic practices so is this the way that your do less world is going or your world is going
1: my primary business strategy is to follow m- what makes me feel alive and then from there we like bring in a many chat chat bot funnel and a pinterest strategy and then an hold ad on. strategy Can i with- just say I was yeah. so
0: impressed by your many so chat that cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is the bomb!" I like as the analytical person. I'm like, "Look, it's asking me if I want to do this." Look, I was talking to my husband. I'm like, "Look, it's what? It's it's so, it's so cool. smart. It's
1: I know, so do less and super effective. Mm. I want to say so. If anyone's listening, feel <laughs> free to send me a DM. If you send me like the word melt, you'll see how it works. Yeah. It's so, so anyway. Good.
0: Sorry, I had to interrupt because that was yeah, just yeah, no, a highlight no. so, for me. So
1: it's like, what's the bigger, what's the bigger vision? Mm. And the bigger vision is always driven by what I'm excited about. Yeah. And then of course we bring in, okay, great. Then what's the copy arc? And then what are the mm. key objections of our ideal customer and yeah, where, how can we meet them where they are? So it's always going to be supported by mm. beautiful practical marketing strategy, but yeah. the overall direction is very energetic and very much based on me just tuning into what I'm excited about and curious about.
0: Yeah. And so the world of, so as you've introduced relaxed money, we were just talking about the launch of that recently. Mm -hmm. That's obviously lit your heart up and has made you feel alive personally. And you want to share that with the world. How, because not everybody is and energetic w- work for me is a major thing. I've just launched an energetic program in my own business, but not everybody is understands it. How do you personally fuse, like today, for instance, nervous system regulation together with your business, or with so your like life, when with your I'm life, Actually,
1: really? running my business, or just through the through your
0: day, through your day. Mm. Through your day
1: yeah. How are you so, regulating? And what's the so I will of that? be honest. Sometimes I think about what I teach, and I'm like, "Am I living this? Let me make sure I'm <laughs> living it before I say something about this." And the truth is, of course, the answer is yes. Mm. At least in my case, the answer is yes. But the truth is, there's not. I'm not someone who I'm like really about integration as opposed to mm. compartmentalization. And I think that a lot of times we can have this idea that it's like time for my nervous system regulation over sure. here and then time for my business over here. But yeah. what I've noticed is every day I do red light therapy for example, uh-huh. it's like really beautiful for collagen production and immune system and also nervous system regulation. And yeah. then at the same time, I lie on my biomat, which is like full of amethyst crystals and does some sort of yeah. electrical something or other. <laughs> So I, I love do it. that at the same time and I crave it. I crave yes. it. Sometimes I do it twice a day. So that's something I do every day. And then a lot of the times though, while I'm doing it, I mm. am coming up with what I'm going to post on Instagram that day, or I'm writing my newsletter on my phone mm. or I'm answering emails. So that's like one that's integrated into integrated, it. Yeah. I will notice if I just have a moment of pause in the car mm. when I'm driving around, I practice breathing into my lower back ribs and just Mm. think, okay, can I breathe into the car seat behind me? Sometimes I just turn off any podcast, any sound, no music, (laughs) and just like that. Or this is very energetic. I often, when I'm walking the girls to school and walking them home, we live like three minutes from the school. I turn my phone on airplane mode. Because holding it, I just know there's like Mm. the EMFs and I know that like electromagnetic field of the Wi-Fi and the cell Mm. service and the Bluetooth Mm. is totally going to screw with my nervous system because I am very sensitive. So I'll walk into a room that's just like slightly something and I'm just like, oh, I I can't be in here. I'm so sensitive. And so little things like that, I do a lot that's Mm. minimizing stimulus okay which is very healing for my nervous system yep so those are those are some examples okay. there's a million if i move my body i cry if i need to cry i laugh a lot um, you know i was driving to us. acupuncture today and i like cried and laughed out loud listening to a podcast <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. that, like maybe i used to feel ridiculous Yes, I just know how regulating it is to let those emotions all the way out and all the way through. So I'll let myself like go into things fully instead Mm. of holding back. And that's very helpful as well. And when we have a regulated nervous system, which by the way, I shared this great quote from Britt Frank, a regulated nervous system does not mean you're calm all -hmm. the time. It means you're at choice. So it means feeling like you have choices about how to respond to the stimulus in your environment. And sometimes you might be excited and have a regulated nervous system. Like I'm, if you met me, you wouldn't be like, wow, Kate is such a calm person. I'm really enthusiastic. I'm like a puppy. (laughs) But that can be a regulated state because it's not like I'm hyped up as a reaction. I'm just excited about life. That's right. And so why am I saying that? Oh, because when we run our businesses (laughs) from a relative state of nervous system regulation, Mm. knowing that's a journey and Mm. it's ever expanding, this is not a destination, this is a dance, that we are then like actually doing the work we're meant to do. We're not proving something. We're not like running our businesses from our conditioning and we're not, running from proving something like we are we are so close to mm. the essence of who of we who are, we yeah. are mm. and stuff gets easier yes yeah or like sometimes it's not easy but it hurts so good you know what i mean <laughs> I love that quote by Brit Franks. It's clarifying when you
0: think about nervous system and I just think it's also just so interesting the more you dive into this work like you just see how each of our bodies and our blueprints are so different from person to person. You said you're hypersensitive to EMF signals and I see that in every single one of my clients. That's why I love I actually really like one-on-one work because I get to really dive into how unique someone is at a at a personal level and figure out what the solution is for them business wise business model programs and then let's overlay the energetic stuff on it and everybody is just so vastly unique it's just it's fascinating and like you said it's really not about a destination it really is about this dance and the more we see this our businesses as things that keep us alive that fuel us as opposed to, I I mentioned this in a masterclass I did yesterday, we are so conditioned before we get into entrepreneurship to that achievement and that success and that feeling good with all of those ticks of boxes. But then even when you're in a career, you get the pats on the back every six months that, you know, promotions and pay rises. And then you end up in this world of entrepreneurship and it's lonely. And there's no one telling you at the water cooler that you're doing a good job or that. And then you're going to learn all the things and the marketing and the selling and the promoting and the, and everything. No wonder women feel, oh, and not just women, I'm sure men as well, but women in our world are overwhelmed. Yeah. This work is so essential.
1: Yeah. And when you are able to regulate yourself and essentially signal Mm. to your body that you're safe, you have all your full capacity to make great decisions and you largely won't feel so overwhelmed anymore. Yeah. Overwhelm is a sign of dysregulation and possibly having too much to do. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the combo, but if you are regulated, it's so much easier to look yes. at your list and be like, oh, oh, this is important. This is not. And that's not. Yeah.
0: And over 45 minutes ago, when time was ticking, it's nine o'clock here at night and my kids, I'm trying to put them to sleep. I could feel my, my triggers going and, and then having the tools in my toolbox to be able to go, okay, this is what I need to do. I was able to get back to homeostasis and alignment to be able to come and talk to you. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So the women that are in my world and that obviously that are in, in yours as well are entrepreneurs who look and compare and numb themselves on social medias to death. And there's always the question of why some women and entrepreneurs achieve fast success online and others struggle for years at gaining momentum. Why do you think that is?
1: What an interesting question. (laughs) I think that like different people's trajectories is one of life's great mysteries. This is odd, but within the last three weeks, I have heard the personal stories of two people I know pretty well. Tell me about circumstances in the last several years where they just like overnight, received a million dollars, and so their trajectory of financial success was just mm. really like vertical, <laughs> yeah. And so I think to myself, like, oh, is it because they're good manifestors? Is it because you know what? Like, I and I don't know. I I think a lot about when you ask me this question. I think about human design, and I think mm. about astrology, and I think about soul lessons, and. I believe that all of us has our own curriculum and for we don't know, like when we're looking at success online, we are taking one measure mm. of this tiny aspect of being a human, which isn't even relevant to most people's lives. But let's say it is if you're an online coach, yes. <laughs> um, it's like we live in this. I just... For anyone listening, I just want to remind us we live in this like very bizarre mm. little bubble of humanity small. that's yes, it's small. So, even though I understand it can feel like really major Everything. and really important yeah. and I also understand that for some of us it's this is how we feed our children. So, yes. I also get. I'm one of those people. Yeah. However, there's so many things I want to say. One of them is, so I'm one of the OGs Like I started my online business in 2010, 2009, 2010, before people even really talked about their businesses on social media. Like it was Mm. before Instagram existed. We sometimes would post our blogs on our personal Facebook profile just for fun for our friends. Which only started in 2007. Yeah. Which only started in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. I was a college student and I was on Facebook in 2004, but it was because it was like part of school. Yeah. yeah. But that was like very different. Yeah, that was it was a way to look up your the person in your chemistry class so you could get the homework. So anyway, so weird. (laughs) So so I have been around long enough to know that this is all pretend or it can be. It is very easy to quote unquote hack the system Mm. and use the hall of mirrors of humanity that is social media to play into the particular reflection of our unmet desires that make up the Instagram algorithm and play into that to use the Mm. algorithm to grow. Mm. And that's true of some, I just want to say like, that's true of some People. I also know some people who just happen to have a post get reposted by like Kim Kardashian and then all of a sudden they're this. Yeah, I know yeah, several yeah. people where all of a sudden they just skyrocketed because yes. some massive celebrity found their thing and just which is great. Yeah. yeah. Why does that happen? I think it why. has to do with their own unique soul path. Yeah. And, and that's all. I think we all have our stuff, right? Like we all have Jupiter just went into Taurus and wherever Taurus is in our charts, we're all getting a lot of fertilizer right now. Like Mm. gifts, like this is going to be our easy spot for the next year. And we all have that in our life Mm. in one area or another. And I think Mm. for some people, it just like aligns with whatever area has to do with fast happening, easier online growth. And for some of us, that's not actually our area of gifts, but our area of gifts mm-hmm. is something totally different that might just be more invisible.
0: I'm going to have to go back and listen to that whole answer once again, but that was gold. That was really good. <laughs> it's
1: just so interesting. It's just, it's, I just... Yeah. Anyway. And I sure are there absolutely like there are little things that I do. Sure. For sure. Like when I do one of my little dancing reels on Instagram, I choose a trending audio that has less than 10,000 right. reels made with it on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Because yeah, I know I'm if I'm going to do the thing anyway, I might as well do this extra 100%. little thing that I know yeah. is going to help it be seen by more people because this work really matters to me. Yeah. So I'm not saying growing on online is a bad thing. That's what I do. It's part of how we do, (laughs) how we do what we do. Yes. It's part of of how we reach more people. It's one of essentially an infinite number of ways that we can reach more people. And I think it's a smart one because it's totally no barriers to entry unless as long as you have a phone and an internet connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I know we have like a a thread through the two of us with a person that we know, my coach and she's been in your programs. The importance of other women Mm. in working in collaboration with you to, I don't want to say get to where you got to, but to co-create this life and journey has been the most important thing for you? One of them?
1: One of them. Top top three, for sure. I hired my first coach in 2010. That really kicked my butt. That was very (laughs) intense. (laughs) <laughs> their particular coaching style was yes. just really intense and it was beautiful and then since then I have probably at all times in some manner or another whether it's like an online program or a full-on mm. coaching thing or being part of a mastermind or being part of something like I'm pretty much part of something at all times whether yes. I'm paying for it or whether it's peer-led Yeah, I wouldn't want to live without deep connection mm. with other ambitious women. It's it's like my kids, my husband, my relationship with God, and then like my relationship with other women who I adore. Also it's true. just yeah. It's everything. And they see my areas where I'm just not seeing myself. They give mm. me loving SmackDowns. They redirect me. They remind me I can call them up Mm. and say, I need a pep talk right now. I'm like, I've completely forgot. I feel like I'm the worst, whatever it is. And I just think it's totally okay to need that and want that. And there is something for me that has happened where just by virtue of being around women who Mm. are playing an expanded game has automatically gotten me to up my game. And It certainly financially can be one measure of that, but in a lot of different ways in my marriage, in my parenting, getting around people who have what you want and who Mm, are creating mm, it in a way that mm, feels like it aligns with your values makes the path so much faster, so much more fun, so much easier. Like, Why would we not use the ability to co-regulate with other people to ease our path? It's just, it's a very do less strategy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it is so powerful. That's the sisterhood and being shown
1: what's possible being energetically lifted. It's just getting to see under the hood. Yeah. There's stuff that people talk about in, in private zoom calls or private retreats Mm -hmm. or one-on-one calls that they just are never going to share in a blog post or a podcast or an Instagram. And, and I've been privy to so many of those conversations and I'm always so deeply grateful because I'm like, Oh man, you just saved me like five years. Thank you. <laughs> just like with those little Fast snippets drunk, that are just, yeah. they're not for public mm-hmm. consumption, mm-hmm. but behind closed doors in yeah. those more precious spaces, it makes sense yeah. to share whether yeah. it's financial stuff or it's stuff that happened with team so or it's so good. It's so yeah. good. That level yeah. of intimacy.
0: Yeah. I'm a huge advocate. I've, since I've started on this journey, I've always had a coach or been in multiple programs and just investing in myself has just been the thing that has totally just feel
1: like you're supported. Just feel like you're,
0: yeah. I just can't make of doing it any, any other way.
1: And from a money perspective, I do think it's really important to talk about to invest, to not invest. And again, Mm. I've invested a lot of money we do every year. It's a huge line item is leadership development. And I like to give people, and I I don't know what you teach people, so I apologize if this is not in alignment. You can edit it out. I'm sure it is. (laughs) I think a good gauge is 10% Mm. of your business revenue invested in leadership development, education, coaching,
0: yeah.
1: masterminds, whatever it is. And so that that to me is a nice gauge to think about. So as you grow, putting that amount aside in yes. your leadership development fund is a great gauge for how much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's uh, there's sometimes, and I totally agree. Like You don't want it to be all of it. There's sometimes where you double down for a period and your expenses go up for two. It's like anything you're, you're investing in your business and it doesn't always align completely with that 10%, but I completely agree. Like it it, it definitely should be some portion of it.
1: Some portion for sure. And if somebody's Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh God, this is so much. Yeah. You might look at the overall numbers and be like, actually that's Hmm. way less than that. Oh, okay. I'm okay. I'm just trying to help people feel more Hmm. safe. (laughs) Totally. It's (laughs) all about feeling
0: more safe with money. All (laughs) about feeling more safe with money. Yes. Which is a whole other episode. Yeah. And I'm going to have got two little questions left for you and they are a little bit more personal. And I just want to hear because I, when I read about your freedom tour and it mirrored so much of me leaving for Australia for one month and staying there for 17 years, marriage, three kids, businesses, major dreams coming true. Tell me a little bit about your freedom tour. Cause I just love reading, the, reading your personal story about meeting Mike. And- In
1: 2010, after I hired that coach, <laughs> I realized that I was living out of alignment in a variety of areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And I decided to sell the apartment that I was living in that I owned with my mom and go on this road trip of an undefined length, just open-ended. And I was going to I decided to call it the freedom tour. I was a blogger at the time. That's how I would have identified. I was like a blogger and an affiliate marketer. Essentially. I just sold other people's stuff, which is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) And I, I, but I was going to go by myself, but then I got this very strong intuition to invite this guy to come with me who I really barely knew. I had met him two times in person and but i got this strong intuition so i just sent him this text message and i was like hey i just had a fun idea do you want to drive across the country with me and <laughs> yes, you do within 24 hours he had said yes and he had laid out the entire itinerary oh we my were God. supposed to go for 5 days and 5 days turned into 10 months and he never left and he <laughs> is my husband <laughs> we've now been so together good. for that was 2011. So we've now been together for 12 years and yeah. run our company together officially since 2013.
0: So, um, so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And following your gut and following that intuition it literally Always. changed your life.
1: Yeah. Even and when, especially when it doesn't really seem like it makes sense. Mm. That's how you know it's going to be real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how, how you don't know those steps that, at yeah. all, Yeah. but you just go. Yeah. <laughs> So good. And my very last question for you is a bit fun and me living truly in my values is something that's so important. And I bring my clients back to it all the time. And one of my values is spirit of adventure. Mm -hmm. And I realized I was living very much out of alignment when I had a bricks and mortar store after I left running the agency back in whatever year that was 2014. And I couldn't flap my wings when I had a when I had a store and live in my values every day. And knowing what adventure really means to me, I, I just think it's such an interesting question to to ask other people what adventure means to them. So I would love to know. And some for some people, I've had answers where it's very much what's on my back doorstep adventure, and some for some people, it's globetrotting. So what does it mean to oh you?
1: for me it's just venturing into the unknown and having novel mm. experiences which i can have by myself in my office <laughs> <laughs> through books and podcasts and travels into my own psyche mm. and so it's always expanding my edges of what i've experienced before and going beyond what mm. i've known and what i've experienced before and increasing that capacity to feel safe while experiencing something unfamiliar Love that. So good. So it's but I also really like to travel and like get (laughs) on.
0: It's not like you know an island off the coast of Thailand or something like that necessarily. But I love that. It's a very introspective curiosity. That's beautiful. I love it. Listen, Kate, I really appreciate you taking this hour in your day. I can't wait for my audience to actually hear this episode. It's just been really nice to personally connect with you. And yeah, I'm just very appreciative of your time and the energy that you give everything that you do.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.